Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go on a Wednesday. Cofield and Company, you heard it. Battleborn Broadcast Center. Justin Watkins up in about 15 minutes. Our ESPN Las Vegas legal insider. Lots to get to with uh, Ari back in our Finley Toyota studios. Big show on the way beyond uh, Justin's appearance uh, later in the show. We will talk to Herm Edwards, who uh, joins us during the offseason from time to time, but really nice that he's going to join us just before a regular season game. Arizona State is taking on your UNLV Rebels on Saturday night in Tempe, so we'll uh, round up Herm Edwards in just a little bit. And reminder, Wednesdays. Wednesdays are the official day for the Marcus Arroyo radio show, so we'll be talking Arizona State and UNLV for a full hour, look back on the Eastern Washington game, look at the decision to go with Doug Brumfield as a starting quarterback for the Rebels. Also, some other standouts from week one and what they have to do to get ready for this Arizona State game in week two and where they need to get better. Obviously, they didn't win against a FCS team, so there's lots of room for improvement. Let's do it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. All right, now we are in the sweet spot for the NFL. The opener is tomorrow with the Cowboys and the Bucks, and now we're starting to look at who's practicing, who's not. You know, a lot of the injuries, minor injuries could be the case uh, during the preseason are kind of covered up because a lot of the players, main players, didn't play in the preseason. So just seeing an update a couple minutes ago, Adam, that uh, Austin Eckler not practicing during open period was working on the side with the trainer, so maybe a – Oh, no. Something to keep an eye on. Well, everything in your world now is fantasy football. The uh, Chargers go on the road to take on the football team. They're favored. Uh, they're a much different team without Austin Eckler, so yeah. hopefully he's okay. Yeah, and you know, I think in you know, for many people, the way they follow football now is through fantasy football and care about the players. And, um, you know, offensive lineman goes out, they're like, I have that running back. Like, that's how people pay attention to it. But, yeah, in this case, it, it's a different team. Uh, certainly to have, you know, we have – We've talked about this quite a bit, but I think it's worth driving the point home that for the most part, running backs are just running backs. They're just guys. They're people. But the game changers are the ones that are really good receivers. And Austin Eckler is among the best uh, in that regard. In that regard, so that's a big one. And you know, it's it's also you know when you talk about the injuries, John Gruden said it last week when he was asked about a couple of guys that haven't been playing. He goes, "I don't have to tell you anything until the until the regular season starts." Then we have to put entry reports out. Then you'll know something. But I don't have to tell you anything until then. So, you know, something to keep an eye on. Josh Jacobs hasn't practiced in two days. We'll find out tomorrow uh, what's going on there maybe a little bit. But uh, you, you're right. You're able to hide these things a little bit until the season starts. Uh, Steelers situation looks like T.J. Watt will be ready to go. This isn't an injury deal. It's uh, more about his long-term future with the Steelers. And I thought this was really interesting. Uh, Big Ben actually caring about his teammates. Although I think what he said here is a bit flawed. Uh, Big Ben coming out on behalf of T.J. Watt saying they need to pay him whatever he wants. And, of course, then he made it his own issue by sure. saying uh, it's one of the reasons that he took less is to make sure that everyone else got paid. The flawed part of that is you didn't agree to take less. <laughs> right. They told you what you were going to take or you were gone. But, you know, way to flip the narrative and, and come off as a team player for once, Big Ben. I, I do like the fact that he's come out against management basically and said, hey, pay the players. Well, he could have said no and gone somewhere else. I mean, he could have said no to taking a pay cut. 
and just knock on anything. I think he was getting less anywhere else. He um, but I think I think it's also fair to say that's probably how they sold it to him, right? That's probably they probably came to him and said, "Hey, we're going to have to give you less money because we have to sign other guys." And we talk about this with these quarterback deals all the time. When the quarterback eats up that much of a salary cap, you know things have to be done. And and quarterbacks, if they do take that much money, they're taken away from the rest of the team. And Roethlisberger had a contract that he wasn't living up to anymore. So. Um, that was kind of, I think, how it was pitched. Hey, do you want to sign other guys? Do you want to be a better team? We need you to take less money, or we'll start rebuilding a quarterback. And, you know, in this case, he said, hey, if I'm going to take less money to get other guys, this is the guy I'm talking about. Now, the flawed part of that is the way to build a team is not to say, hey, the quarterback's going to take a little bit less money so then we can pay the highest defensive player contract in history. It's he can get a couple of pieces in place. But in this case, like, yeah, he's such a valuable part of the team and valuable part of the defense. It would make some sense, given what he wants. We're going to talk Raiders' depth chart as the show moves along. But one big change over the last couple of weeks has been the look of the linebackers. <laughs> Tanner Muse was being blown up by some uh, during the preseason as a potential starter. He's now gone. Yeah. Uh, what exactly went down a couple of days ago where Tanner Muse is out? Did the Raiders want him back on the practice squad because he wound up landing in Seattle? This, I'm not saying it's shocking, uh, but there's a lot to the story here when you wind up cutting a 2020 third round pick before his second year. Uh, yeah, it's 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 not great. And again, a guy uh, who was taking a lot of high value reps during the off season, uh, which often doesn't mean much, and I think we you know, overreact and read into him a little bit too often. Uh, but yeah, this is, you know, if if we look back at a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the opener against the Ravens. I was, I, I was saying this could get really ugly, really fast. You have a terrible linebacker room. You, you, you cannot go play the Ravens and have a deficiency at linebacker. It can't happen. Well, two weeks later, it's been completely transformed to where this is, Hey, your best defensive player. Now a linebacker. You've got other depth linebackers that have played very well in this system before. They made a complete overhaul of the room, and that means that the guys that were there, somebody has to go. And in this case, it was Tanner Muse who was trying to make a transition to linebacker. It never really fully happened. You know, last year when on IR, I still kind of wonder what you know what that injury was if he could have played through it. it the word was he played through it at Clemson his whole career, and last year they said, "Well, let's take advantage of this year, get you the surgery." He needed the surgery. It's not like they made it up that he wasn't injured. But could he have played and they just wanted to give him a year to try to learn the system? Maybe. Maybe that was the case. And now he gets to, gets to the start of the season and, all right, you know what? We need to improve here. We're going to go get KJ right. I do like that the Raiders are moving and shaking when it comes to the roster that it's not set. I guess ideally if you're a you know a high-level franchise, your roster is mostly set. But yeah. they clearly needed to do a lot of work in the offseason based on the fact that their defense wasn't very good. A year ago, so they've been aggressive, and they're still being aggressive. So yesterday they brought in more players to kick the tires on, huh? Yeah, there was nine guys uh, that they brought in, a couple safeties. Nobody nobody that stands out. I don't think anybody that if you're a, a casual observer of the NFL, you would know really uh, many of the names of the defensive guys. But the point is they are trying to get better wherever they can. And we saw, you know, this offseason we saw a very significant investment in the defensive line. No question about it. A ton of talent, ton of bodies. They, they brought in guys trying to get better there. And the secondary, they've invested a lot in the draft the last couple of years. They also invested uh, here in the offseason, you know, bringing in a guy like Casey Hayward and uh, trying to get better there and investing in another draft pick in Trayvon Merrick. 
So they've, they've invested everywhere. Last offseason, it was a linebacker room. Didn't really work out. But now they went out and they tried to find, you know, ways to get better at the linebacker position just before the start of the season. So I think what they're showing is that they think that they are close enough that a couple tweaks here and there could be the difference between, say, eight wins and ten wins. Uh, and that's, you know, the, the margin for error is so small in the league uh, that, you know, those little tweaks could be the difference in a win or two, and that could be the difference in going to the playoffs. So they are they are investing and they are doing everything they can to try to make their roster as good as possible going into Monday. A lot more on the depth chart, a lot more on the running back situation. But up next, we're going to react to uh, hard knocks. We're also going to get into the uh, legal side of sports with Justin Watkins, our ESPN Las Vegas legal insider, and take a look at the teams that we think are most overrated going into the season and – Man, you got to freaking make a nice argument for me not to believe that the Cowboys are overrated. I don't like anything I saw in Hard Knocks. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Coming up next, ESPN Las Vegas legal analyst Justin Watkins joins Cofield and Company in studio to break down the biggest legal stories in the world of sports. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. Company. All right, here we go on a Wednesday. We got Justin Watkins in studio. Some legal stuff to get to. We got to do our hard knocks recap, talking about the Cowboys. But we did do uh, fantasy football drafts last week. I know uh, Adam's in the midst of how many teams? Tonight will be 17 through 21. All right, so he's he's got 21 fantasy football teams, and he is by far, as far as the people I know, the most disliked person in every single league because he continues to spout that there should be this stupid rule that only you believe in. And frankly, I would kick you out of the league next year. I actually think I am kicking you out of the league's rent because I'm tired of hearing about it. It's so dumb. I'm, I'm starting a league and instituting massive fines. Well, good. No one's going to be in your no league. Enjoy. Be. Sure what, what you want, what you want erased. Everyone thinks is part of every league. So it, it, should, again, well, it, it should be. If you're, if you're being you know serious and competitive, it should be. And I'll tell you that on no. you know I do listen to a lot of fantasy football podcasts and shows and everything else, and they've proposed it many times. Which no, I, give I me, give true. me the person. We'll get them on the air today. Yeah. Who yeah, is it? It's absolutely give me true. a name. I don't know their names. I, I listen. You to don't know every who you day. listen to? No, I don't know. I honestly listen to the well, fantasy they're, they're clowns too. And every day, and I've never, I'd never heard it. Yeah, you you should not be discussing players that are still on the board. So, give out the scenario. So I I've been drafting a lot of Kenyon Drake. I, I think he's actually going to have a massive role for the Raiders. And listen, I think Josh Jacobs is fine. Let's just get that out of the way right now. I think he's fine, but he hasn't been on the field the last two days and they haven't, you know, put out an injury report yet. And they're trying out running backs every day. So I'm like, all right, there's maybe something, maybe there's something here. Maybe he's a little banged up and he's always kind of banged up a little bit. So who knows? I'm definitely taking Kenyon Drake and I, I know about where he's going in drafts and that's fine. So I'll, I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to take him. And you know, in the in like the about two or three rounds before he would usually go, Ed Graney starts talking about him. Good. Oh, smart. nobody's taking him. Why is it nobody taking? He's not smart. He didn't. He wasn't trying to do anything. He was just. Have, he was like, oh, nobody's taking Kenyon Drake now. Somebody who may not have lo- scrolled down the list may not have been thinking about Kenyon Drake because he's way down on where the on the on where the uh, you know where they have the 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 rankings. Somebody might not have scrolled down that far. And they haven't taken him. So now I have to take him with my next pick. I have to to make sure I get him. Strategy. Yeah, no, it's the only no, way to counter. You're, you're, 
It's a People fine. are allowing a Raiders beat writer into their league. Sure. Yeah. The only way to counter your inside knowledge on the Raiders uh, is wrote, to throw it no, out I wrote there. it. I wrote it. That, I, I intentionally wrote it in my story yesterday because I was like, I'm not, I cannot ethically not write this. Uh-huh. I cannot ethically not write Get this. I swear, I promise you. I promise you that's what happened. I promise yeah. you that's what happened. I, I, I talked to my fellow and I said, hey, I need this information. I need to put this information in because ethically – you couldn't you couldn't hold withhold that and not write it. That would be horrific. Could you that would be so that so, would be so horrific ethically. So you just want these drafts where nobody's talking about anything. Nobody's talking about how they like you can talk team about no ta- not, no 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 or where you're going. You're referencing people that yeah. have already been drafted. Of course yeah. you could talk but about what people. About, yeah, you. I can't say to you. Well, I'm going to be targeting a tight end late. First of all, why would you? Hey, Why maybe, would you give me that information? Maybe I want this other guy to drive to draft a tight end. There's, t- that's there's times fine. I want people to draft. That's a generic a, statement. That's it, fine. But why wouldn't I want to use? But like, there's there's things like that are going on right now. Like, you know, in certain in certain draft formats, yeah. right? You know how they they update rankings all the time, right? Yeah. In certain ones, like in Yahoo right now, they haven't updated Gus Edwards. He's still down in like the hundreds. Yeah. And so. If you're not scrolling, if you're not paying attention, you're not scrolling down. Because right. you know a lot of people just take who's the best player that's still on the screen right now. I'm going right. to take that guy. Right. You know people do that. But and, here's the thing: if I know if I'm drafting after you, and I know you like Kenyon Drake, I know you're a beat writer. You're going to want Kenyon Drake, right? How do you? And, how would you know that? But, but, well, let's just say I did. Let's just say I did, right? And but you haven't drafted a quarterback yet, and there's one left in this tier of quarterback, and I want him, but I think you're going to take him. So then I throw out there, hey. Anybody going to take Kenyon Drake? You know, you know, Josh Jacobs, he's uh, hasn't been showing up to practice just so that you'll use that pick and I get my quarterback. What's wrong with that? That's strategy. I mean, I, well, that, I guess so. If you, I mean, if you want to, if you want to go to that level, I like, I don't think most people are at that level of figuring out what other people have. And like, I don't think people do that. I've, I've sat in drafts and watched it. But I just I think once a player is off the board, yeah, you can talk about him. And you can't talk about guys that aren't drafted, especially on auctions too, to get the price up on somebody. You're trying to sneak somebody through. Well, of course, you I want to make everybody pay. Like I've said, I've never in my life put up somebody for auction in a draft that I wanted on my team ever, not once. And so that's why you're just throwing guys out like, hey, just take this guy, spend your money on this guy. That's what you're doing. Right. You're also not talking. Once you're on the clock, sure. I guess I don't know, uh, but I've I also disagree with that. that. Yeah, I also disagree with <laughs> yeah. that. I don't. I think it's. I think that's. Awful too. Uh, well, you can have fun in your solo leagues, man. I mean, no, that's I, what, no. It, talk about guys that are already drafted. That's nobody, fine. That's what you're there I, for. I mean, that's the thing. And nobody, by the way, when Ed nobody said agrees, it, I'll also it. say this: we were doing a live draft yesterday, yeah. and nobody had said a word for like 45 minutes. I was like, "Why are we even doing this live?" And then the first, the first time somebody says a word, and even actually the waitress last night said, "Are you guys actually drafting? What is happening? Like, why? What is happening right here?" Yeah. Because I think she was like, "Why nobody's ordering? Nobody's talking? Nobody's doing anything? Right. Like, why are you even doing this draft live? Nobody talked for forty-five minutes." So that's how you want, is, but that's how you want drafts to go. No, is everyone to just sit there no, silently. discuss what's already don't, happened. Don't talk. Any make trash. fun of people that make. Don't picks. try to bid people. Of up. course, you talk trash as soon as somebody makes a pick. Mock them and say they're an idiot and all yeah. these. Other, that's what you do. You don't talk about guys that aren't that uh, aren't drafted. The great, the great thing is if you don't even if you don't talk about a player beforehand and you draft him, but you think that Adam wanted him, he's also mad. Yeah. No. Because you, no. you got on me about Ramondre Stevenson. You're like, oh, you drafted him because I want him. I'm like, I wanted him too. <laughs> no. Like, I actually that, followed football a little bit. That's and, nothing. And, and here's the other thing. And Waller would, too. Here, here's the other one because he flipped out about Waller. Here's the other thing that <laughs> those I found are, Those are years. legitimate. This is what I found over the years with Adam. He wins a lot of leagues, but I assume most of those leagues that he's in are full of freaking schnooks. 
because no. the leagues that we're in, we have a lot of people that know what they're doing, and you know that from baseball, where you can't even compete in one league that you've been in now for four yeah, years. I've said uh, over and over, I don't, like, I don't like the transactions. Yes, I've said that many oh, times. The transactions. <laughs> Uh, no, I've said that many when times. When he's in a real league, then the excuses come. Wait, from. I'm in a league. I'm the Kansas City Football League. Haven't I been in the finals three straight years? You have what any are you talking about? Yes, I thought two. Well, I'm nice. not. I have to go back and look. I think, but I think I'm in finals three straight years. The the thing is, like when you're talking about Darren Waller, that was perfectly legitimate. I'm not going to ask for a fine for that. You wanted to bid on the guy. You got caught, and you know you did. You can say you didn't. You got caught paying way too much for him because you were trying to make me buy him. Then that's fine. That's what an auction you, is wait, about. You heard it just said? Yeah. You wanted him, but it was a shot at him. No, no. I was getting one of the three guys, and yeah. I didn't get the earlier ones. I miscalculated, and then I didn't realize that you were going to go hog wild, and I was getting him. I almost never do that and this got, year. And you got stuck, and it was a really – it was. I, I made a bad decision. I made a bad. I made bad decisions in the late-night league we did because I had too much money, and I was like, this sucks, and I paid way too much for a couple of players. Like, that happened. Those things happen in auctions. Those are fine. I'm talking about – and, and, so and the Ramondre Stevenson thing is fine, too. I mean, I think me bringing him up a couple of times probably got other people into it, whatever. And it, <laughs> listen, it's fine, whatever. But that's that's taking a draft pick. Last night, I kept queuing one guy because I was doing four drafts at a time. I kept queuing one guy. That's it. I would have one guy queued because I was like, all right, I'll go scroll down. I'll find one guy. And somebody got the guy like four times right before me. I'm not complaining about that. He, he took the guy that I wanted. That's, that's what a draft is all about. That's fine. I might react like, oh, God. But that's what a draft is about. It's not about giving people advice that are in the league. That's called collusion. There's literally a word for it. <laughs> There's literally a word for it. So ridiculous. And then somebody else in the draft was mad because two people were sitting at the same table. Like, oh, what are you guys talking about over there? I kind of agreed with it, but I'm like, hey, if you want to sit at the same table, as long as you don't discuss the draft, that's fine. I have a lot of rules. I'm cool with that. But other people do the same thing. Other people get mad at things at drafts. Well, I can't wait to hear you propose this in a bunch of your leagues and see how they go. Yeah. I'm in. See if they go for it. I would boot you. That's it. Absolutely, we cannot. We're not following those rules. That's just not the way it works. Sorry. But it only happens in like three or four of my 21 leagues a year. It's not like a, a over. It's not like a rampant thing. Wouldn't be that hard to just not you mention gotta, guys gotta that are in draft. Got to rethink those leagues then. Sure. All right. So hard knocks last night. Uh, it ended with a dud. Mike McCarthy, I thought, kind of ruined the whole season. Oh yes. Uh, he didn't. He didn't actually execute what you want and what we've come to expect on hard knocks at the end of the season when they made decisions on players cutting and keeping he did like one one-on-one -on -one and he did a phone call but all the drama of the past that you love he eliminated it because he wanted to quote protect the players yeah, he only did the one-on-one -on -one with a guy that he was keeping on the practice squad right um isaac out cut on but they 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 didn't do any of the other ones they they wouldn't and as you said he specifically said i don't want these cuts in the in the in the Dorf. show Dorf. because and, you know what end the show if the team has that much control and a guy like mike mccarthy has that much control i i gotta tell you from watching him like i'm i'm like i'm really trying to understand coaching and kind of the changes with coaching right like your chargers i think have more of the cerebral nerd type in brandon staley i just i don't see anything in mike mccarthy where i'm like this guy's smart and i'm not saying i know more football i don't but he just doesn't like, he just seems like one of those old, big galoot, rah-rah guys, and I just don't know that those guys are going to excel anymore. Am I wrong? I mean, I haven't watched Hard Knocks, but <laughs> but I, I'm generally with you. I'm McCarthy, and he doesn't even seem like that good of a rah-rah guy. No, he's <laughs> not know? at all. He's, he's terrible. He just, he, honestly, he just doesn't come off as a, like a very smart guy, and you see, 
you've got like geniuses coaching football now. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to say smart. Like I, he doesn't come across as smart. You're right, but it's more just he comes across as so incredibly awkward. And he, you know what it is? He wants to be a rah rah guy, yeah. and he's not capable of it. That's like the worst kind. Of, I want to be a rah rah guy, but I, I don't know how. That's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst possible thing you could have. I don't know. Listen, I. I, I know, you know, we could discuss, I, I watched a really long interview with Aaron Rodgers yesterday, and he was actually really, really positive about McCarthy, which I, I don't know how. I watch, and again, the show is not everything, right? Like, you can you can take a little bit, you get to know him a little bit over the five weeks, I guess, but you don't really know everything about him, you don't know how the interactions go. You can't, like any reality show, you can't take the way they edit it and say this is who the person is, but every single time he was on screen, you're like, oh, this scene's ruined. <laughs> I, I, got, I got a question for you. As a person, I've never watched a single episode of any Hard Knocks. Which, any? Any of them. Which one should I watch? Oh, which season? Give me God, one to start Jets with. Jets was good. Jets? All right. Jets was good. Is that with Cromartie and the 11 kids or whatever? <laughs> yes. Browns, There's a lot of Browns with Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley on the same coaching staff. <laughs> sure, Amazing. Sure. Okay. Like the, the, the tension in the meeting room, you could cut a knife. It was just like you're like, there's no way these guys can work together. I, and I'm a bad person to ask because this – objectively this season sucked it sucked it was terrible and i loved it like i just love the show i love everything about it because you know and i'm not much of a a cinephile i guess you would say but like the editing the the camera work the music like the way that they piece it it's a it's brilliant it's amazing they should get every emmy but like they only have so much to work with right and like this season god mccarthy sucks I hate that guy. All right. I'll watch the Jets and the Browns to get into the flow. So next <laughs> yeah. season I can be real. But every Emmy needs to go to Ted Lasso's team, by the way. Come on oh, now. It's getting, Come on. Too, it's getting way too cheesy. No, 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 I like love it. the it's show, so but overhyped. it's getting way too cheesy now. Yeah. Cowboys on the championship board are 10th, really tied for ninth. Behind them to win the Super Bowl, Patriots, Vikings, Seahawks, Colts, Chargers, Broncos, Saints, football team, Cardinals, Raiders. There's no way, there's no way the Cowboys are the ninth best shot. At 18-1 to one to win the well, Super Bowl, that's crazy. I would agree, but they should they should get a home playoff game. I don't think they're going to win the division. I, unless, Dax, unless Dak gets hurt. It's Dak's health. If Dak plays – you tell me today Dak plays all 17 games, they win the division. Their offense is way too good. And, like, I do – and it's not because of the show, but I do think Michael Parsons is going to be a legit game changer on defense. Actually, I worry about him too. I mean, he, he looked – ridiculous not in the show uh i watch for personalities and maturity. i watch for personalities and maturity and while cd lamb was super impressive there are times i mean who knows you know it doesn't doesn't every guy doesn't have to be cut sure. from the same cloth you can be a goofball and i love trayvon Diggs too yeah. like I, I i think that they've they've got they've got playmakers on defense and their offense should be <laughs> their offense should be ridiculous should be so we'll, we'll see how it works out and again Dak's health is he's already been hurt this offseason NIL update. Uh, this is a first. Looks like a uh, alcohol sponsor signed on to uh, back former Miami quarterback who's at Florida Atlantic, Nikosi Perry. What do you think? Will this open the floodgates for booze and eventually cannabis? I like that it's a smaller school that's doing it. You know, uh, you're going to try to level the playing field. There's some states and some schools that have made rules against any NIL deals for uh, alcohol or tobacco or gaming strip products, clubs. strip clubs, adult <laughs> entertainment, right? There's There's been rules against that. And if I'm a small have-not or a big have-not, for that matter, if I'm UNLV, no rules, right? Like, I just go for it um, because you, it, 
I'm, I see this as an opportunity for a competitive advantage if you're creative. And so I like it. I, I like them all. I, I, there's not an NIL deal that I've seen that I thought was too far across the line. And that includes the everybody at Miami gets a, a deal for five grand or whatever <laughs> it was. And BYU's deal that every non-scholarship athlete gets you know scholarship money yeah was it the the arkansas kid who he gets a free like the free dinner for all of his linemen mm-hmm. every uh pittsburgh every friday tip. at pittsburgh tip. which is which is awesome if i'm a strip club i'm doing i'm like you guys get a this table every friday night yeah. <laughs> before the game i would do it i guess you do it sunday every sunday that's your table your bar tab go wild uh, how many recruits would you bring in with that yeah that's crazy you. yeah especially in vegas oh yeah come on I don't think it, I don't think the Vegas clubs would want that. I'm thinking like a more of a small like. Okay, no, I've what? been. Yeah, come you, on. Yeah, you you don't want your prime real. First of all, nobody's coming to Vegas and hanging out at the club because UNLV players are there. Sorry, I love them. No, it's not no, happening. No. Yeah, but I'm saying just I'm as saying a booster, as a booster to do it for sure, the benefit of the school. I don't think the club does. But I'm thinking like like I've been to a strip club just outside Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, like if you were like, hey, the players are gonna be hanging out here every you know once a week. Like everybody in town is going there just to be there because the players are there. Like that's the kind of place this works—a small college town. I mean, I hope you yeah, never find myself in a strip club outside of Lawrence, Kansas—the outhouse. Bring your own. Remember the name. Bring your own beer. Uh, interesting story <laughs> yeah, of yeah. Uh, athletes bonding together. Uh, whether you agree with you know what they're trying here or not, um, they are bonding together, and it's led by actually uh, Western Michigan women's soccer players who are saying that the university's policy. That everyone has to be vaccinated violates their First Amendment rights, the right to due process, and their Fourteenth Amendment rights. Anything here? I'm surprised that they got the preliminary injunction. I'll, I'll, I'll say that there was a preliminary injunction, um, but to my knowledge, there hadn't been a responsive pleading from Western Michigan at the time the preliminary injunction was granted, and now they've they've filed a responsive pleading. So I would expect that this is a no-brainer that. They lose this case, it gets thrown out, and the temporary uh, injunction in, injunction gets vacated. That I mean, I I don't know any case law in, anywhere in the country that supports the position that that's been uh, advocated for by the players and former players. Coming up, we got a local teacher in trouble, and uh, in Dunedin, Florida, yep, Florida woman uh, trying to play vigilante, all naked and stuff. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. Crazy times, crazy cases to go over with Justin Watkins, our ESPN Las Vegas legal insider. Five seven zero nine thousand is the number here at Battleborne Injury Lawyers. We're in the uh, lovely Battleborne Broadcast Center. Uh, we have allegations that a substitute teacher taped a mask onto a nine-year-old. What? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the allegation: is that uh, a child went to go get a drink of water and then forgot to put his mask back up. Uh, the teacher did not ask him to put the mask back up, but called him up in front of the class, pulled the mask up taped it onto his face onto the sides and then up his the bridge of his nose to his forehead um in front of the whole class uh apparently the kid was pretty humiliated and crying um went to the office and then the office administrator saw took the tape off 
called, the, you know, sent somebody to the room to investigate and called the parent and at least told them what was going on. So the question is, is there a case? Yeah, there's a case. What's the case? Uh, oh, you absolutely have an assault and battery claim, you know? So, uh, we've, we've done a case like this. Um, it was not duct taping. It was not taping a mask. It was duct taping, taping a mouth shut from a kid that was talking too much sure. in, in class. So these cases, I mean, it's rare, obviously, but it's real. There's reason for a claim, and uh, I would expect that I would absolutely expect a lawsuit to happen. All right, <laughs> I mean, first of all, good for the substitute teacher. Um, but what what would in, what would be the what would be the line of what is or what isn't you know assault and battery? Like, is it because tape went on the face? Like, I I know that, and I don't know any specific examples. Like, it whatever, but I know like mm -hmm. there's been times where like going through school and school is different, I guess now, but they would like, you know, Oh, you're, you know, you won this award and like slap it on you or whatever. Right. We're like, you know, tape it to your yep. tape it to your shirt. Like, Hey, you won the award. Like it tape on your body. Isn't necessarily assault and battery, but it's tape on your nose. Right. A tape on your body could be too. Right. Technically it's an unwanted touching that a reasonable person would believe is offensive. Right. So it, it's a reasonable person standard. I mean, I think a reasonable person would say when you've duct taped a mask or, or I don't know those duct tape, actually. So when you've taped a mask onto a little child in front of his peers in an apparent attempt to humiliate him, that that's going to be, number one, an assault. That I'm sure the child did not want that, and nor would any reasonable person want that to happen rather than to be just simply warned and asked to do it themselves. Um, and two, I would say is at worst a claim for negligent infliction of emotional distress. You you humiliated the person, whether you intended to or not. There is also an intentional uh, infliction of emotional distress uh, claim that you could bring. But if you're trying to get the school to pay for it, you want to keep things on the negligent, unintentional standard um, because you want the coverage. they would go after the, yeah. the regular person who probably right. doesn't have anything anyway. Exactly right. Uh, I mean, I, I actually just thought of one kind of example of like, in, like when you had field day, I yep. think I think they had it here. It was one where I was in DC. They had it. Yep. We where you like you know have competitions and you would get like a ribbon. Yeah. And they would like they would stick it on you. Yeah. But like that's because that's a, a positive thing. Because I would I would make the argument like I got furious. I knew I got a second place one and I was livid because yeah. I wanted to win. And I know the guy. It was there were some shenanigans. Let, let, let's be, like, be clear. Don't show me this cheating, second place cheating that's scandal. When he was eight. Yeah, oh. that's embarrassing. That you would put that. No, there was, there was also one I was for. Hold, hold on. <laughs> you will never be confused with the reasonable person standard. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Awesome. Like you're, you're making me wear the second place ribbon around? Screw you. That's embarrassing. Okay. Uh, speaking of that and reasonable, you know, I'll tell you, one of my favorite movies of all time, and it was a series, was uh, Charles Bronson and Death Wish, right? Eh, Vigilante Justice, not great. We have an example that... Happened in Florida over the weekend. Dunedin, Florida. You got the SWAT department facing off a guy armed on the roof of his house. He's holding off the police for six hours. All of a sudden, a woman drives into the situation, 28-year-old, on a golf cart, naked. <laughs> this certainly is not something you laugh off. It's a funny story on the surface, but like in that situation, what are you doing? You don't well, think they were laughing at the situation too? Uh, well, I think they had been like, "What in the world?" Wow, it would have would have gotten ugly if he had freaking taken her out. Yeah, if the gunman had taken her out from the roof. Yeah, what did she get charged with? 
uh, impeding a criminal investigation. How serious is that? I mean, it's. It, I don't think there's going to be anything worse than a misdemeanor here. Right. Yeah. But. It's, oh my God, the image for, of it. For, for once, it's a Florida woman instead of Florida yeah, man. Yeah, no Florida yeah. man. Well, they're all the same. <laughs> they're all <laughs> the same. Florida. Florida is. I don't know what's going on. In Florida. Nobody does. It's a. It's a bizarre. That's that's it. It produced Steve Cofield. Uh, we actually are, it, it kind of did, uh, we are going to be doing our uh, legal podcast on Wednesday night, so we'll follow up on a lot of the stuff we didn't get hit to uh, hit today. Uh, Ari's having some real problems with debt collectors, so we'll get into that story tonight. That's at 9 o'clock. What? He sent it over. I'm not. I, know, I, I don't believe know. it. I don't know if he pays his bills. He's, he's getting his job busted. Yeah, we'll, we'll tell the story, and uh, you can tune in on uh, Twitter and on YouTube. It's our legal podcast. Wednesdays at 9 o'clock, so. See you guys tonight. Appreciate it. Justin's back in just a little bit. All right. On the way back, we're going to get into a preview of the NFC and some of the betting for week one as uh, Brian Blessing from Sports Grid Radio will join us. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, let's get ready for week one in the National Football League. A really good NFB preview today. Brian Blessing did it with uh, his guest, Mark Lawrence, on Sports Grid Radio and K-Shop Locally. And Brian joins us every Wednesday. What's up, Brian? Hi, guys. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, that was a good preview today. I'm not yeah, sure. Mar- March money. Yeah, Mark, he's, he's totally money. Um, I'm not sure that I would argue that as a whole, you think the AFC is better than the NFC? Um, maybe better high, better top-tier teams. Okay. I think the NFC, I, I, you tell me about Tampa Bay. I mean, I give them full marks what they did last year, but they kind of caught a tootsie roll at the end, if you ask me. I, 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 mean, I think they could get a surprise team out of the NFC. AFC seems pretty top-heavy. It's, it's a rewriting of history, Brian. It, it's amazing to me that we're forgetting. Listen, the Bucks were good in the playoffs. They were really good in the Super Bowl. But they weren't great against the Saints in the playoffs. That's right. They weren't great against the Packers in the playoffs. They were 7-5 and five at one point. And they it's had to win on the road in the playoffs and then played yeah. the Super Bowl at home. Yeah. It's not like he came in. You know, it's not like you know, Brady came in and they were just amazing. They 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 got some breaks in the playoffs and they, had a, they played a really nice game in the Super Bowl. Like, but I saw headlines today. Like, you know, the Bucks should go seventeen and zero this year. Like, I know what. I, like, what are we talking about? It's unbelievable, Adam. They, they, literally, yeah. they they're talking about these guys like they're the eighty-five Bears, and like to me, they're a very, very good football team who won the Super Bowl. Good for them. But the people are just, you know. And he again, he's amazing, but he's another year older. And I, I don't know. I, I think I think it's they're overrated. And I think you're you're right. The point of the AFC is is top heavy, and the teams at the top are really really good. Uh, I think you could make the case that the NFC is is deeper as a whole, right. especially. Sure. I mean, the NFC West I I think is the best division in football, and uh, there's just there's a lot of good teams in the NFC, and there's just a few elite teams in the AFC. No, I think you nailed it. I think, um, like to me in the AFC, okay, Kansas City, Buffalo. Let's say a lot of people think that's going to be the deal there maybe the survivor of the AFC North I think Tennessee is built for the playoffs with the running game and then I think you nailed it in the NFC maybe even as a wild card team somebody from the NFC West wouldn't shock me if they made some noise in the playoffs 
NFC West is the Rams or the Niners, and I want you to build on that. Uh, talking about the Rams and their sharpness or you know lack of against the Bears, laying seven and a half. It seems high to me. Yeah, I Stafford. You can go one of two ways. He knows the Bears. The Bears know him, and we didn't see anything of him. That week one is going to be pretty intriguing. Seattle, the Rams. You, you didn't see one thing from their starters throughout the preseason. I, I'm assuming, you know, Russell Wilson will come out good. Stafford should be fine. But the Bears defense, I think, is pretty good. I, I, the Rams don't I – mean, do they strike you as a team's going to roll somebody? I think they're very, very, very good. I don't know that they roll roll anybody. And if that if, certainly if that gets to seven and a half, I think you definitely got to come back. Are you Are you trying to talk me out of the Rams and Survivor? Mm. That's your team, really? Yeah. Oh man, I don't know about that one. I, I don't know, bud. I, they haven't. The only thing that scares me is the starters didn't play at all, and you haven't seen them. But I mean, you can say that about a, you know a lot of stuff going on. I, I mean, would it shock me if if the Bears somehow won the game because of turnovers? It, 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 that one wouldn't shock me. Why not take I'm, I'm not trying I'm not trying to talk you out of it but no I, it was between the Rams and the Niners for me yeah. uh and I just don't like taking road teams uh but I, I think the Niners are if you ask me who's more likely to win I would probably say Niners um I want to save the Niners because I think they're gonna get better and better uh I, I don't know it, it's tough if, it, it's between those two if if it's between the two the only thing if personally if I was had a determining factor it would be you saw Garoppolo and you saw Lance both get a lot of work. And I think they're going to go with both of these teams, by the way. I think I think they're going to be some hybrid packages in there. Shanahan showed that in the preseason. Like, ah, well, we're probably not going to do it. Are you kidding me? Lance is probably going to get five to ten plays in that game with run-pass option kind of things, maybe in the red zone occasionally. And I can see the same thing. You don't want to get Fields killed against Aaron Donald and say, you're our starter. But I could see the Bears putting together – you know, an eight to ten game, eight to ten play type package where Fields comes up to get his feet wet a little bit. I can see that happening in both of those games. I think we all believe the Eagles are not going to be very good. So this yep. line to me seems screwy with Atlanta minus three. Well, the one thing, I mean, Atlanta ain't no great shakes, but you know, the one thing Matt Ryan does is come out of the gate good in home openers. So, and Philly boy, that offensive line is just horrific. It's scary. I mean, you know, Atlanta three points over anybody, but I think if there was a spot to jump on Atlanta, I think this is the week. Where are you on Miami and New England? Before the quarterback thing even came out with New England, these two teams historically, when when they play up at Foxborough, I mean, the field goal kickers, they're in the ice tub right after the game. I mean, I, you, I think they go up and down the field between the 20s, but I don't see anybody putting it in the end zone. Now you got the, you know, Jones making his first start. All the question marks about Tua. I can see these guys maybe having success between the 20s, but I think all these drives stall out when they get to the red zone. I don't know who either team has that's going to put the ball in the end zone. I, I like the under 43 and a half. Packers, again, another team where, you know, a lot mm. of guys didn't play, especially Rodgers. Uh, they're on the road, but they're not truly on the road because it's in Jack's. It's four now, Packers against the Saints. Hmm. I would probably 
lean to a track meet in that game. I think Winston, I'm actually glad the kid won the job. I mean, we talked about it during the summer months. I think my, my buddy Stevie, they thought I was crazy. I said, you know, I, I, there's something telling me this guy's still got something left. He can stretch the field if he can protect the ball better. And I think Winston gives them something. Breeze couldn't throw it deep last year. Everything with Breeze was you know, Michael Thomas underneath stuff. But now they got some speed burners. I think he can stretch the field. He is still capable of, you know, making mistakes. And then you got Rodgers on the other side of the field. I, I would probably, you know, if I had to, I'd, I'd go over the total now and over 50. Brian, how many different players have thrown for 5,000 yards in an NFL season? The answer <laughs> yeah. eight. And Jameis Winston is one of them. One of eight yeah. players in NFL history. Yeah. So uh, he can definitely be productive. Uh, I have heard people obsessed with the Broncos laying a field goal at the Giants. Listen, I love the Broncos, no, no. but this is a little bit much. Yeah, but by the way, Steve, you said you caught part of the stuff we were doing today. Forget this game. But when, I think Denver's a monster when they play home openers against non-division foes, so that will be when they play the Jets. And the Giants, I don't know what – I wouldn't go anywhere near this game. I don't think with a telephone pole. But the Giants – Mark, this one down that Mark had documented are just a money-making machine on the road. I mean, of all teams, would you think the Giants, the number, the exact number escapes me, but it was substantial that the, the Giants are outlandishly good against the spread on the road. It was 18-6 and six against the spread the Giants are on the road. No good way. memory, yeah. I would, I no, way. no way I would have thought that. That was awesome. Uh, awesome research and a good number from Mark Lawrence. All right, one college you have to go super deep divey here. Uh, and, hey, you know, the whole board's available to play, so why not if you think you have an advantage? Do you have something you like in Houston and Rice? Yeah, of all games, huh? Um, okay. Rice finally has got a, a defense that's respectable. They got it, got it turned around a little bit last year. It's kind of a combo card that Rice is better, but also Dana Holgerson's still there. I mean, they they – spit the bit against Texas Tech, but Rice was tied with Arkansas in the fourth quarter and it got away from them. They gave up 21 quick points, but Rice was hanging with the SEC team and now they get their home opener and Houston treats the football like it's plutonium. So I can see Houston turning the ball over and you got Rice catching eight at home, I think is uh, certainly worth taking a peek at. Brian, what do you got cooking for Monday nights this year? Uh, nothing on the Monday night front. I'm just going to be tomorrow. We're going to be over at the Superbook doing the shows there. In fact, you know, getting ready for Jay and what they've got going at football central. And I know you guys on game day are front and center over there. So uh, we had a great time with the super contest weekend last week over there. And we'll be there on Thursdays, uh, in, um, the month of September over at the Superbook leading up to football central and some cool things soon to uh, come. There you go. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate it. It's always a pleasure, fellas. Have a great day. Good luck this year. Oh, we need it. <laughs> Brian Blessing, Sports Grid Radio. You can hear it on Sirius XM Channel 204. You can hear an hour of the show uh, locally here on K-Shop. Uh, reminder, we've got big plans throughout the season. Uh, this Monday, we'll actually kick off our Crazy Horse 3 football party. Now, normally that party's on Sundays, but because of a Monday spot, uh, Ari will normally be out there on Sundays because of a Monday spot with the uh, Raiders' uh, first home game. We're going to do it for Raiders' home games because it's a Monday spot. Gooch from Comp will be out there. But, uh, yeah, for all the home games, Crazy Horse 3, I mean, it's one of the most unique things you're going to see in the NFL right across the street 
from an NFL stadium. It's the place to catch all the action, just steps away from the stadium, closest place to park and party before, during, and after the game. Season ticket holders and fans who are going to the game can park at Crazy Horse and enjoy free admission, half-price cocktails, happy hour pricing on food and beer, and uh, the easiest way to get in and out from Allegiant. But who the hell wants to get out after the game? Hang out at Crazy Horse. So Ari's going to be there on home game Sunday. So if you're looking for the best game day experience with benefits – you got to go to Crazy Horse 3 